Please be seated. Thank you for joining us today. What a blessed occasion. Well, you've joined us for First Issue Club. If this is your first time First Issue Clubbing, I'd like to tell you. Clubbing? Yeah. Yeah, clubbing. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, can I be honest? I'm a little buzzed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of drunk right now. <laughs> yep, we did it. All right. First Issue Club is a weekly comic book podcast. We talk about first issues that come out each week. We pick three of them, do a deep dive. We talk about them. We get into them. Explore the themes of each of these books, you know? Greg? Yo. Can you tell me what books we're going to do that deep dive on today? We'll be covering The Lost City Explorers from Aftershock, Shanghai Red from Image Comics, and Tony Stark Iron Man from Marvel. Guys, I want to meet everybody that's in the club today. So tell me your name and your nerdiest come online. Uh, my name is Greg Lichtai, and my nerdy comic book line is, Hey, baby, can I get inside your box? But don't worry, I keep mine like my comics. I bag them. <laughs> oh, I like it. You're not making any little Greggies. That was, it's a little wordy. Yeah. But uh, Hell of a payoff. It's never worked. <laughs> Sorry. It's never worked. <laughs> <laughs> this is Budget King. My pickup line is, hey, fine lady, m- my lady. <laughs> oh, no. Um, would you like to have intercourse for as long as all of the Lord of the Rings extended cut lasts? <laughs> well, I'm Caitlin Morosic, and mine would just be, what's your origin story? <laughs> what's your deal? What's your origin story? Beautiful. So I'm Mike D. I would say, could I grant you plus five charisma points, which is equal to a drink from the bar? Oh, that's good. Yep. I like it. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish I was in the D&D earlier in my life, because I probably just would have rolled dice <laughs> when I walked up to girls, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a, like, a, like a 20-sided die, and if mm-hmm. it was a nat one, I would be like, okay, well, I'll see you later. And not even say <laughs> why I did that. You just should like, just roll it beforehand, oof. like in your hand, and if it was high enough, it would be... No, because okay. if I did it and they're just like, that's pretty funny, I'll know that they're a fellow nerd. I see. And then I see. Point. kick off the conversation. The lesson is, nerds can be sleazy too. Let's get this podcast started! I will be covering The Lost City Explorers on Aftershock by Kaplan and Sara Seca. Lost City Explorers is your familiar tale of a father getting kidnapped by an ancient underground race of beings and has to be rescued by his daughter that's being blackmailed by her father's old company. This book has mystery, intrigue, and funeral selfies. I laughed, I laughed some more, and then I was confused. Club members, let me ask you some questions. One, would you bail on this self-indulgent girl while you're trying to have a fun drunk night. <laughs> Two, why is the band Bleachers in this? <laughs> and three, why is it necessary to have a full-on funeral for a sports coat? <laughs> oh, my God. 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 <
that was bleachers. That kind of blew my mind. That was, they that even was referenced weird. it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how that is connected at all. Like, <laughs> he, he felt stop. obligated to be like, oh, by the way, that's a bleachers okay. lyric. But here's you know, the thing. You may hear this on your popular radio station. Like how Matt Groening just, like, writes people in, like, he uses The Simpsons just to meet people <laughs> at this point. It's just Which like, is why we have this fucking oh, podcast. the Who <laughs> is on The Simpsons this week? Like, why? Yeah. Zach Kaplan may really like bleachers. Yeah. And this sure is does. his chance. Yes. Why is Bleachers in here? No fucking clue. That's a weirdo. So <laughs> random. It's, yeah. The scene is just they're at a concert and this musician singing lyrics, and they they felt it necessary to put that little block in the in the frame of the comic that said, "Oh, by the way, this is Bleachers." <laughs> like you couldn't have made just a fictional fucking band in the comic. I don't Not know. If he wants to meet Bleachers, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Although it is kind of weird if you just write a pop band and you're like writing lyrics. Imagine that the lyrics doesn't attach to somebody. And you're like, you just read those words and you're like, oh, cool. This guy, this guy's imagined pop band. <laughs> so then I like that he's like, this is that band, Bleachers, which you may have heard of. It's, this is totally something I would have done. Really? I think so. Don't would you have noted it in me. the footnote? No, I'm not though? condescending. I feel like you would, what would wouldn't you have, have done been that. Like, this is Kendrick Lamar. This I, is Locust. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck you guys. No, I think it's cool. You shout out a thing you like. I totally would, I'd hide, if I wrote a comic, if I was cool enough to write and draw a comic book, mm-hmm. I would sprinkle in little nods to things that I like. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, so the, hold on. So well, you, I'm answering your question. You can't hold on to me. <laughs> well, okay, sorry. Go on. Go so on. Go on. so many shushes during this episode. Uh, well, you asked if why should you have a funeral for a uh, a sports is, coat? Is 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 it necessary to have a full-on funeral, casket, burial plot, and all? For just a sports coat. Can I say something first? Yes. yes. We haven't given our listeners any context of what the fuck we're talking about right <laughs> now. That's a good point, actually. The main <laughs> character's father died, and yep. they had a funeral. Nope, nope, nope. He didn't what? die. To all that, sh- okay, all that she knows, For the first ten died. pages, you assumed he died. Well, no. First right. two pages, you get a flashback of her father and his team of explorers using a drone to go underwater and find this lost hidden city. A guard of the lost city comes up through the water that the drone went into and captured her father, this character, Hell, and kidnaps him and brings him, we assume, back to the city. Flash forward, she gets the news that her dad is dead. Mm -hmm. And so we get a funeral scene. What are you shaking your head for? (laughs) Because you asked the question, should we have a (laughs) full-on funeral for a sports coat? Yeah, there's a funeral in there. Am I? What's going on here? <laughs> so now I set the question up with context. Yes. Was that necessary? It was kind of goofy to see one of his suits laid out in a casket being buried. I don't know if that's a common tradition, if, like, someone's, like, lost somewhere that you put some of their clothes in a, like, they just got vaporized. <laughs> and, I know, and you I bury, did, like, their favorite there, suit. I did okay. think it was weird, but I thought the point of it maybe was for him to lay the book down and give some, like, connection into what his name is and who his dad was. Here's my thing about the book, though. Did they have to lay down the Cliff Notes version of it? Because look at the size of that book. <laughs> the Odyssey, that is not the Odyssey. <laughs> the Odyssey is a big-ass book, and that ain't a big-ass book. That's a novella. <laughs> Do you guys know how expensive funerals are? Oh, my this God. Is, no concept. This is, like, <laughs> a very expensive thing to do just for a, a throwing a book in a, bo- a box. <laughs> Look. They could have done this in the backyard into a chimney. You don't know what his life insurance policy was like. We Maybe actually find all- out. I, yeah, we do. 
Oh, we do. Yeah. Well, yeah, because um, after the after the funeral, she's approached by a member of his father's her father's old team. Yes. And she said, "Well, that he had great accidental death insurance, mm-hmm. so they're set for life as long." There's a caveat: as long as they say that there was a gas leak and that it was an accident. And this is the first hell is hearing of this. Correct. Yeah. She's questioning it because why do they need for them to be like, this was an accident? Mm -hmm. Uh, Her brother is like, we're set for life. Just take the money. And then she is approached by this woman who says, your father is not dead. He's very much alive. And she instantly believes her. Right? What the fuck? Either she's very gullible or she is just like, you know what? No, she's looking for a reason. Because like you said, she was already sus of this gas leak thing Mm, that she had to sign. Mm. And she was probably having trouble accepting the fact that her professor father was working for this like super secret high tech Mm -hmm. research lab. Right. So what's Okay. So this lady's just like, listen, your father's not dead. I just need his notes in his computer. Yep. Hell's like, you know what? I believe you. I know where that's at. It's at my house. Let's go there right now. And what should happen when she arrives at her house? It's been motherfucking ransacked. Obviously, they've been stolen by uh, the father's old company. Uh, fucking, okay, so they're, they're confused. They're just like, why is all this stuff stolen? And he has this weird mural, crazy person collage on his wall of Atlantis artifacts and maps and, like, squiggly lines drawn from one thing connected to another, and it's just like, how did you fucking miss that in the first place? Their house is small. It's an apartment. Wait, what do you mean? How did they miss that? Like, okay, so they said that they're not allowed down there. Right. Yeah. But, like, when they're just like, well, why did they steal the computer? You didn't just see the giant poster on the wall? That's what I was wondering, To tip you off? The ransacker should have grabbed that, too. Okay, so that with Lost City Explorers. (laughs) I probably won't pick up the second one. I'll say that there was a handful of times I laughed at parts that were supposed to be serious. I like Zach Kaplan a lot, but there was something corny about this, very national treasure about oh, this. Oh, yeah, totally. It's like a fa- it, I felt like a fantasy national treasure setup to me. Yeah. I, it'll probably be a really fun book, but just the mood I was in, I think, when I read it, it was just so corny I think me. this should have been a zero. Is it like a setup yeah. issue? Yeah, yeah that would be awesome, actually. The next one when they get down to business might be a lot of fun. This was just a, you know a lot of setup. Yeah. I take that so back. I may I'll, pick up I'll two. say that uh, like comic books is a medium. Sometimes we talk about first issues and like the construct of those, and we kind of evaluate the medium sometimes more than the comic mm-hmm. book itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, second issues do a lot more like exposition and world building and introduce you to some of the more boring characters that are going to be important to the story later, whereas the first issue was something more to grab you. I th- I think you're right. This this kind of had the vibe of, like, a second issue mm-hmm. where it had just, like, a lot more details, and maybe the second issue will be the one that's just, like, now it's fucking fun and we're getting stuff going yeah. and things like that. I do like the idea of a bunch of millennials going to find this lost city that don't even really care about it at all, and they just want to get her dad and figure it out. And this team of researchers that was so into it failed. And they're going to have to live through the experiences of these people who don't care. Mm-hmm. Sure. And are just there for this singular reason. And I'm I'm wondering what that's going to be like. I feel like Caitlin always says something about the books that makes me change my mind completely about them. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm like, I was like, nah, I don't care about this. And then she says that and I'm like, I'm getting issue too. <laughs> 
she's well, it's a, like National Treasure, Goonies, Indiana yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. I f- yeah. But they don't care. Like, they're missing that magic. I wonder if that starts to creep in because they are the the um, yeah. children of somebody who cared deeply for it. Okay. Next we have Shanghai Red out on image. Words and art by Sibella and Hickson. This was subtitled Life Amongst the Rats. In Shanghai Red, we meet Molly, or Red. She is the captain now. After (laughs) after killing for self-defense and family protection, she takes out a whole crew of men who basically enslaved her and a bunch of other people on a boat for three years. It was not a quick little jaunt that they just experienced being like less than human on the ship which they were forced to work on and she kind of mulans herself too like she has been living as a man and you find this out yeah well so i can i could talk about this book actually for a while but i want to know how you guys felt about her situation what she's going through i thought this book was good because it really portrayed that like these sailors slash pirates are really only really motivated by money once Red takes over the ship, they threaten to kill her, and then she hands over this big box of money, and they're like, oh, never mind, you're the captain. But I also love, too, that she's sending a clear signal that she doesn't give a fuck about money early either. She's pure and true revenge. And I love her backstory where it says she never shoots to wound. Yeah, also very, very pre- like present as to why killing makes her so conflicted, even though she has still no doubt in her mind that that's what she has to do, mm-hmm. because... Red, but before she was red, was taking her sister and her mom, just three women, going from Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Territory, all the way to Oregon. Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon. And they're just doing it by themselves. As horrifying and scary as it is out there for women to go out on a, any given night to a bar and try to walk home and how, scary, and how scary that feeling is, imagine... Three women trying to go across the country, right? Where there are literally no rules. Back in like what is this, like eighteen whatever? The, just the the bravery of this woman is just like incredible. Totally to protect her family and they explore it very briefly. I'd be interested to go back and like get a little more context of her family and their relationship. It'd be awesome if it's something they explore more in some of the next few issues. Yeah, I would hope for that too. And, that's and now how- she's gonna come and wreak some havoc. John Wick style. Yeah. yeah. She fucking murders everyone. This is the, this is the John Wick book we didn't get. You know what? You're absolutely this right. This is so much better than the John Wick yeah, book. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for real. They talk about crimping. Did you see that? Like crumping? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, the clown dancing? Like crimping and the very beginning of the book, and I wanted to ask because I tried to look it up and I couldn't find out what it meant. So it's at the very beginning of the book, they have this quote from the president of the International Siemens Union of America. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're welcome. And it says, I will state that there is one port on the Pacific coast that has always been known as the greatest crimping den in America. I refer to the port of Portland. Is that like a... Which is probably why it's set there. But I didn't know what it was. I wondered if it was the trafficking, what it was known as before. And the specific method of... So, shanghaiing or crimping is the practice of kidnapping people to serve as sailors. There it is. Kaylin, man... You always find the gems. <laughs> it's crazy. She's she's my little miner. 
All right, up next we got Tony Stark, Iron Man, number one by Daniel Slott and Valerio Shidi. Thanks, guys, for making this comic book because it was a fun romp in the Marvel Universe. We've now started with a re-up of Iron Man. You may have noticed Iron Man is back in full action as Tony Stark. He wasn't previously. He may have been a female named Ironheart. But who knows where that is. So I've been having this problem when I try to talk to people about Fresh Start and what's happening. Because now that people are asking me things, I'm explaining things more. And I was trying to tell my father that uh, Thor was a woman. And I kept saying it like that. And my dad would just be like, he became a woman for no... And I'd be like, no, I just... So when I say stuff like that, I'm like, no, I have to get into, like, no, the position, the helm of it all right. was mm-hmm. what changed. It yeah. wasn't that Thor's had an operation. <laughs> He's not. It was, just wanted to throw that out there. It's been it's very convenient. Well, it's hard to explain, which is cool about this book, because I'm going to skip to the end, which is not something we normally do. This is the Starks, essentially. This whole book is set up at the premise of the unity and the equality of robots and people, and his big reveal is that Iron Man is not one person, it's many people, it's entity, it's the whole people that make it all together. It is the SU. He went corporate. Yeah. He sold out. He need he needs a team. Yep. It's all it's it's a Stark Universal. Is that what SU stands for? Unlimited. Stark Unlimited. Stark Unlimited. And this place is fucking rad. One of the best parts about this book is that you get an inside, like, Stark Industries, and you see that they can, like, make cats talk and dogs talk, and the robots are, like, bosses of people to make sure that robots go respected. Yes. Yeah, like a liaison. Yeah. That was my favorite, the Ghostbusters tie-in. The Ghostbusters There's, like, talking dogs and cats living together. Yes. My favorite. Basically, it's kind of this weird aside, but Tony Stark finds this, like, person that he had done some robot stuff with when he was in uh, high school, and he's like, eh, I'm going to hire you. You're going to come and, like, be, like, robot guy for me because I'm doing a bunch of little shit. And so once robot guy is doing his shit, uh, what do you know? Giant dragon comes up from the water and attacks New York City. Well, not just any dragon. Yes. Finn. Fang. Foom. Uh, which is a lot like, um, what's that dragon? Godzilla. Yes. I was going to say Barney. but <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like Barney, more like Godzilla. You yes. know, the famous purple dragon? <laughs> Barney. Whoops. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of Figment. Is he a dragon? He is, but way smaller. <laughs> and he belongs to Kitty Pride. I love how much of a question that was. I was thinking of this dragon? No. Yes? Yes. No. no. <laughs> maybe maybe Pete's dragon? Yes, Pete's dragon. <laughs> anyway, giant dragon comes up, and uh, Tony Stark's like, you know what? We got to wreck this motherfucker. So he creates a huge ass, um, what's that called? Mech? Yes. A mech, but like a, uh, he's... Uh, who's He's like a Gundam. Gundam. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and they have so sometimes when Iron Man would fight bigger things in life, he would have um, he would just get like he would have like a separate suit that's like a little bit bigger than him, like Hulk. The Hulk, Hulk. Buster. Yeah, but it'd be the Hulk Buster. It'd be the something Buster mm-hmm. or whatever. This is another Buster, but it is like the size of the Empire State Building. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And they call it 3F Buster because it's the Fin Fan Foom. Yes. Uh, yeah, Buster. 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Half this book is just busting kaiju busting, <laughs> busting. and uh, which is fucking awesome. So pick it up for that alone. Busting yeah. makes me yeah. feel good. Thank there you. was a lot of busting in here. Come to find out that, and this is what kind of sets the whole plot: a scoot. And if you're gonna pick up this book and watch it, you can you can do that. But I I was here for the Godzilla fight. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, at ma- least it's known now. <laughs> hey, I'm hey. just here for the Godzilla fight. I just want to start saying, set this a scoot. <laughs> it conveys something that I want to say more often. Uh, there's a guy. I think his name is the controller. He controlled the big dragon. He's also hacking the mainframe, and he's using some insider stuff. So there's gonna be a little bit of who done it as a mole, some uh, big epic shit that's happening. Might have to get the Avengers involved, and uh, or involved and and evolved. And we're gonna get a lot of uh, Stark Universal telling you all the kind of stuff they're doing, much like Apple. Did you guys get a little bit of Apple sentiment from them? Yeah, they did. They even had like that zero gravity ping pong, and I was like, "Hello, startup! Like this mm-hmm. is what this is <laughs> trying Thank, to yeah. show us." Thanks, Elon, or is it Elon? You guys made a point um, earlier when you were saying that this is an Iron Man story, but most of it goes into a backstory that isn't centered around Iron Man, which is kind of cool. It centers around this bang bong guy that's like yeah. <laughs> bang robotics mm-hmm. and how he was basically acquired by Stark Unlimited. But I would be, I would not be very nice. And this guy is just so excited to be a part of it. Even after Tony Stark basically comes in one day, tells him, Everything you own is under Stark now. Also, I beat you a long time ago in this robotic. Twenty five years ago, though, I don't I can't remember what happened twenty five years ago. But to me. if somebody came in and immediately was like, "I just bought all your company. Your name's no longer on any of it. It's yeah. my name. I'm telling you what to do. By the way, improved some of your code." Like I'd be like, "No, yeah, excuse me, sir." And he's but just if I'm a so loser, pleased. If I'm a loser, then. I'd be okay with it. He his last thing that he says is it's finally good to be on a winning team. Yeah. So maybe that's where he's coming from. But I thought he took it very well. Well, yeah, I think maybe point. he was still in shock because this was this was pretty rapid fire. Like yeah, and all was, of a sudden he's in a flying car and he's going to this crazy startup and yeah, it's a great tool to dazzle you and bring you up to speed with what Stark Industries does. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a great point. Yeah. And Mike, you were saying Dan Slott does this often. With his books. If you don't know, Dan Slott wrote Spider-Man for the last, like, decade. And I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, so, like, that run of of Amazing Spider-Man is just, like, huge to me because they've done so much stuff in the last ten years. You know, he explored, like, taking Spider-Man, Peter Parker, putting him in a place where he is, like, a business mogul instead of some, like, poor teenager in a, you know, janky New York apartment. He's really good at having those kind of, like guy-in-the-chair sort of characters Mm -hmm. that help drive the corporation and their fun background characters that we play to. And I guess it just makes... It makes these big stories much more personal to have, like, real people that you can, I guess, relate to kind of thrust into these big, important situations where they're, I guess, could be looked at as a pawn of a a larger piece of a story. Mm -hmm. But... Instead, they're given a personality. We talked a couple podcast episodes ago about how we all liked the Mike Allred, Dan Slott run of Silver Surfer. Mm -hmm. That book did a great job of, you know, taking person who wasn't inundated in, like, the crazy abstract life of, like, superheroism and jumping them around and 
thrusting them into situations. So you could see it. You were seeing like craziness through the lens of a person uh, who wasn't used to that sort of thing. And I think when when we're readers, we kind of take for granted the insane situations that we get thrust into because it's comic books. And so when you have a character to relate to, like Dan Slott has done in this book and a lot of his books, is give you a character to kind of tie yourself to so you can be amazed again by all the extravagant, crazy things that are happening. And he does that with this character who Stark has, like, bought his company out from under him. And he's dazzling him with all the crazy things he does and the, you know, life he's thrown into. You did it again, Marvel. Thanks for giving <laughs> us an enjoyable and fun book. You, you, you don't write Amazing Spider-Man for 10 years straight and not know how to do something big really well. Absolutely. So I, I think it's an easy time to jump into this story, even if you don't give a fuck about Iron Man. I guarantee you it'll pay off for you in some sense. Yeah. This will be a good, engaging, super fun story. Totally. Regardless of what kind of comics you like, if you're in, into independence or Big big idea stories or small idea stories. Dan Slott is so good at serving up everything all at once in a tight little package. Mm-hmm. He did it. And we did it. This has been another <laughs> podcast for you guys. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. You may have tuned in to think about uh, or to find out about where we ended up on the comic book Summer Slam. But that vote's still going on based on when we are actually recording this podcast. Which is the funny thing about this medium is that it's not in real time. It's not and you It's you, not live. Yeah. You may know that because you actually push the play or download button, but some people that don't realize that you now know that podcasts aren't live <laughs> and we can't give you the results because the voting's still going on and boy is it close and I hope you voted. I hope you got in and like and voted for the, the right podcast so that the belt could truly pass to the beholder for an entire year. <laughs> yeah, the right podcast. Yes. <laughs> the right we're, podcast. We're like intimidating people that have already done this in the past. Yes. Like by the time they hear this like you better have done the right thing. <laughs> um but anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for voting. Thanks so much for reading comics. I thank you on behalf of all the creators of comics. Uh, it's a heavy sp- cross to bear. <laughs> we speak for them. <laughs> um, we love you. We love your ears. And we love your family that puts up. Maybe you're listening to us on a nice little road trip to Boise, Idaho. And I'm thankful. You should not. Not with kids in the car. <laughs> <laughs> children, children know the words we're saying. But should they be hearing them? <laughs> I, I think it's the yeah. way we put them together. That's a good point. Real yeah. <laughs> yeah. All words are made up of letters and they know letters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. It's all okay. fine. Um, but thank you. Can't go without saying thanks so much for listening to us. If you haven't yet uh, rated or uh, reviewed us, we love that here at First Issue Club. Can I read a recent review we got? I'd love to hear <gasps> oh, it. Oh, yeah. This is a five-star review from... Five stars? Chunch the Great. Oh, boy. This podcast is 100% the best comic podcast out right now. The hosts have a real energy that can't be faked. Hey, I agree. I'm there. Can I be honest with you? We're basically kissing. (laughs) The hosts have blah, blah, blah. (laughs) The knowledge they spoon out is nothing short of brilliance. It's funny. It's genuine. It's all around a great time. Listen to it in all caps. God damn it. Thank you, Chunch. 
Thank you, Chunch the Great. You are great. And if you want to be famous to a handful of people listening to this each week. <laughs> two, ha- two handfuls of people. <laughs> rate us and review us. We're going to read that review on this show. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think we should totally start doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I'm into it. Yeah. Just to feed our egos as well. <laughs> hey, I love it. <laughs> Um, I started doing doodles of five star t shirts in my uh Oh hell yes. Uh, <laughs> that's what we should could do. Could we give that if you as give a us if you price? give us a five star rating, we'll send you a five star shirt. <laughs> I love that. That'd be so sweet. <laughs> to spray paint five yeah. stars onto a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the words, just five stars I like whatever a, color. I can make a better shirt than oh, spray paint. I know you stars. could. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. We got sick-ass uh, business cards, too. We'll throw them in there, too, for you. Sprinkle them in there. Mm-hmm. I also have money. I don't know if you heard, but we make a lot of money, so we'll sprinkle some of that. Classic budget king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been First Issue Club. We are recorded in KCR 89.3 Studios. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency of Podcasts. We are edited and produced by the Matthew Hodap. And... We are have our music done by Primary Color Music out in Lawrence, Kansas, the great state of uh, Kansas. Lawrence. Yes. Kansas, sorry. Of Lawrence, <laughs> the great state of Lawrence, Kansas. Um, and if you are thinking about doing any recorded music or anything like that for your podcast, you should give them a holler. They're literally the best at what they do and the nicest people on earth. And our music is fucking badass, and you know it. And thank you. <laughs> uh... Yeah, we're going to close out now, right? I think so. Okay, I got mine. This is Budget King, and in Iron Man, they had a song that uh, got people going, and I really thought that they should have done this song. There's a star man waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us. But he has to ask us why. <laughs> That's the song you would have wanted. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Doesn't it seem reminiscent? No, but that's not reminiscent. A, that's not a of pump up song. <laughs> the song that's used in Iron Man is "Y'all Ready for This." That's Jock Jams. You don't think that's one hundred percent Jock Jams? You don't think a David Bowie reference would have sailed well with the fans? No. Uh, no. Uh, my name is Greg Licktie, and recently I bought some new pink chinos, and I'm wearing them today, and it's probably the best purchase I've had in about a month, so if I could give you any advice, it's to go out and buy some pink chinos. It'll transform you into a new, invigorated person, and I'm not joking. I really feel powerful in these. I'm Caitlin Morosik, and I will show myself out. I'm Mike D. Last week I told you to cut thumb holes in your long sleeve shirts, And I stand by that. I gave you really good advice last week. I'll give you another tidbit of great advice this week. And it's to listen to my rival episodes of First Issue Club on Instagram. I have episodes for Second Issue Club. If you find our First Issue Club Instagram, I'm talking to you strictly about Second Issue comic books. All the great deets of what we follow up with on this podcast. You surly bastard. Well, you needed some competition. I, I think it keeps us fresh. That's true. Yeah. Sharp. We have a mole. <laughs> just found out who it was. Yeah. He's not he, he's not a secretive mole. 
He's more like the most public double agent. Yeah. There ever was. She's kind of a boisterous like double Luther. agent. A yeah. boisterous double agent. I like conflict. <laughs> Bye.